Ourselves Black is a place where we own the narrative and are unapologetic about our goal, to share imagery, information, and stories infused with knowledge that promotes black mental health. This is the Ourselves Black podcast, and I'm your host, Dr. Sarah Y. Vincent. On today's edition of the Ourselves Black podcast, part two of a two-part discussion about non-medication treatments and finding mental health providers with guest expert, Dr. Erica Goodwin. Dr. Erica Goodwin is a graduate of Spelman College. She completed her MD at at Emory University and her general psychiatry residency at Morehouse School of Medicine. She then completed a child and adolescent psychiatry fellowship at Children's Hospital Boston at Harvard University. She has held multiple leadership positions in the American Psychiatric Association. Her goal is to provide thoughtful psychiatric services that are fueled by love. She also has a passion for assisting others with integrating principles of mental wellness into everyday life to maximize their personal happiness and success. She is a contributing author to the book, Mind Matters, a resource guide to psychiatry for black communities. Hello and welcome to today's edition of the Ourselves Black Podcast. We have as a repeat guest, Dr. Erica Goodwin. Welcome back to the show. Thank you so much for having me. And so in the first segment, um, Dr. Goodwin talked about non-medication treatment, and we, we started, but we didn't go all the way down the road about thinking about your mental health team and how differently that can look and who the different people can be. And so we wanted to have her back to really talk more about seeking out a partner or a provider or a clinician, whatever the word for you may be, um, to help with, with getting mental health issues addressed. So, Dr. Goodwin, um, well, well, first, I do want to mention, in case you, you hadn't heard the first show, is uh, that Dr. Goodwin is part of a super group of black psychiatrists um, who wrote a book called Mind Matters. And Dr. Goodwin, actually, tell me the full name of that book again. Mind Matters, a resource guide to psychiatry for black communities. There we go. I wanted to make sure I didn't mess up one of the words. Um, and so she is one of the authors in that book. Um, so we definitely want you to support that effort, and we'll link to it um, on the site when we post the podcast. Um, but Dr. Goodwin, when people are thinking about building their team or who should be on their team, what do you recommend in terms of the process for, for seeking folks out? Well, part of the process is deciding what you're, what you're looking for. So if it's a situation where someone feels like, oh, I'm, just a, I'm a little depressed or I'm a little anxious or I need some help but I don't think I need medicine, then that may be a, a different avenue than if someone really thinks they're really struggling or need to be assessed for medication. So there are a few different types of providers that can be in someone's mental health team. I'll start with what I am, which is a psychiatrist. So you have psychiatrists, and one of the key things to remember about psychiatrists is that we went to medical school. So we are medical doctors um, that specialize in the mind and emotions and subsequently ends up related to the brain. So we're on that end. Now, most people think of psychiatrists as we're the people that prescribe medicine. And yes, we do prescribe medication, but we also do other things. There are some psychiatrists that actually do do therapy. Some of us may not do as much therapy, but still do some shorter interventions. And the other thing is we can assess whether or not this looks like 
you need medication or you don't so that you can kind of get that question answered along with assessing to whether or not there's maybe another medical reason that may be fueling while you're feeling this way because there are a lot of medical conditions that can present with some type of mental health symptom. So one thing about us since we did go to medical school is we're very equipped to assess whether or not this looks like it's actually more of a symptom from something else that's going on medically because that would be a different treatment. Like if you were having problems with your thyroid, well, that's a different treatment than if you were just anxious or depressed. So one of the things we're, we're really good at is making a determination if there's something else going on entirely that needs to be treated. Um, other people that could be involved are a therapist, which can be either a psychologist, which would be a master's or PhD level. Then you also have social workers, especially licensed clinical social workers, and they fill a, a variety of roles. Some of them do therapy, but some of them do what we call case management, which is a fancy word for just saying linking with services um, support services, which could be anything from trying to figure out how to get to your appointments, how to coordinate all your caregivers, and I think I said getting to appointments already, but also how to navigate all of the different systems, how to advocate, especially in kids in the school system, just a wide variety of things. And then there are also other caregivers, like people will note there are pastoral counselors or things like that. But the first step is what's the level of evaluation you need. And the other, the other kind of big thing that is one specific provider only is typically if someone needs psychological testing of some sort, that, that's mainly just done by psychologists. So if someone needs major psych testing, then that's going to be a psychologist. And if someone needs medication, then that's going to be a psychiatrist. And those are some things that are kind of only done by one, one specific discipline. And so once you know the discipline, um, how do you know sort of what to look for within that or what sorts of things do you think are important in terms of that, that partnership being effective? Well, one of the first things to look for is, which is going to be a concern of most people, especially in our current society, is people are wondering if, if you're going to be able to afford a certain treatment. So there are certain pathways you'll go through if you have insurance versus you don't have insurance. Um, so number one, kind of getting an idea of which direction you're going or if you're willing to cash pay. Because there are some people that only take cash, some that take insurance, some that primarily take Medicaid or uninsured people. So you want to make sure that you end up in a space that you'll be able to actually pay for the service. Now, I will say that this is an investment in you and an investment in your life. So when looking at it, we don't want anybody feeling like they're going to be homeless because they went to the doctor. But it's also something really important. So just like somebody may value getting their hair done or getting their nails done or something like that, this is also an investment. So one of the things I want to urge people is, get good treatment, and if you have to pay something for it, it's investing in yourself. So I I want to also put a plug in for if it's important to you, it's important to your health, then it does have some type of value that you should be willing to invest in it. 
when it comes to kind of looking to pick out someone, one of the first things is trying to find find people in general because that's one of the things people come to us to is I'm sure Dr. Vincent gets this too, a whole bunch of emails and text messages saying, hey, I, ha- I know someone that needs a psychiatrist here. I have someone that's depressed here. I have someone that is struggling with suicide here, but no one knows how to navigate. So the first thing is kind of, if you settle on, are you looking for a therapist? Are you looking for a psychiatrist? How do you find one? So one portion is you can always contact your insurance company and see who is on their list of providers. Another is you can always potentially get a referral from your primary care provider. Another avenue is you can hop on Google and type in what you're looking for and see what comes up. Um, Then there are also a lot of companion organizations to these types of providers and you can look and see if they have any listings on their website. But what ends up happening for a lot of people is if they can't find someone that way, they ask someone they know. And then that person, if they don't know someone, they ask someone eventually gets to someone that hopefully has some type of information of a possible referral. But a lot of times people end up starting with the Internet, their insurance, and their doctor. Now, the one thing that's kind of a little bit of a special case is for people that don't have insurance, there typically is something called a community mental health center. The names change a little bit depending on where you're at. Dr. Vincent and I are both in Georgia, and here they call them community service boards, but they all function very similarly. And those are are typically agencies that receive state and even at times some federal dollars to provide care for people that are uninsured and a lot of times also have Medicaid and have difficulties with reimbursements in other systems. And if someone has no insurance or is having problems finding a Medicaid provider, the first place to go is one of those kinds of agencies. And you can usually just search those online. Great. And so somebody takes these steps, they go through this process, they go to an initial appointment or they go to a couple. What are some ways for people who aren't familiar with this or who may be the first person in their family who's done it or who's talking about the fact that they've done it, um, what are some indicators that you're in the right place or that you found somebody who's a good fit? Well, the first is, does it feel right? Do you feel comfortable there? Do you feel like you can be honest about what's actually going on? Because one of the difficult things is, as a provider, we can't fully treat you if we don't know what's going on, and it's a lot easier to be done if we're not guessing filling in holes because you're uncomfortable being open open and honest. So an important portion is, is, is this someone that you feel like you could grow to trust? Is this someone that you feel safe with? Is this someone that you feel like you could be fully open, honest, and vulnerable with so that they can have the information they need to really help you? And some of it's also listening to your gut. If you feel totally uncomfortable somewhere, that just might not be the place for you. That may not be the best fit. You also want to see, does this person appear knowledgeable? Do they appear to really listen to you? Do you feel like they really hear you? Do you feel like when they listen to you that they challenge you, not in a hostile or aggressive way, but do they do they challenge you to be open or to really look at what's going on or are they someone that just kind of nods their head yes along with whatever you say, even if for protective reasons you're 
kind of feeding them a load of crap, if someone just doesn't never see through any crap, then that's probably not the best fit either mm-hmm. because you need someone that's going to be able to get deep enough to actually help you. And you want someone that is actually considerate about what matters to you. If you have concerns, you want them to react to those concerns. If you have a lot of fears around medication or around certain treatments, you want someone that's going to really explain it thoroughly. And for any person that you see, you, they should be able to tell you exactly why they're doing what they're doing. So if they say, hey, I think you need some Zoloft. They should be able to tell you exactly why they think you need it and explain exactly why you might need one type of therapy or explain exactly why you may need to look at your diet or exercise, but you want someone that can clearly communicate to you what's going on so that you can feel like you're also engaged and they're not just kind of pushing you through and you want someone that feels like they spend enough time with you to understand you and and to actually help you. And I'm so glad that you brought that up, that how it feels matters. Um, You know, I think sometimes people can discount that, but when it comes to therapeutic relationships, you know, that trust and that rapport is is critical. Um, And so it doesn't matter, like, what the degrees are or what the names are on their wall. If you don't feel right, it's not going to work. And so, you know, I – oh, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, you are so right about that. And one of the things people will see as they enter these spaces, just like you can go to a bunch of primary care doctors and they're all very different, is there are so so many different ways to do mental health treatment and there are so many personalities and strategies and just ways to approach it that everyone may not be the best fit. And I kind of usually will liken it to finding a girlfriend or a boyfriend that everyone just may not be for you. So it's about finding someone that you feel comfortable with, and it's not always going to be the first person you meet. Yeah, yeah, and that and that doesn't mean that therapy isn't worth doing. It just may mean got to try a couple other people. Right. It's sometimes you have to try a few till you or do the equivalent of kiss some frogs till you meet the right one. Right, right. And, and your mental health and your mental well-being is important enough for the effort to do that. Well, and you have to be in a position to advocate for yourself, and that was one of the big reasons we wrote this book was so that people would have the tools so that they can advocate for themselves, that they could know what questions to ask to find out if someone's really going to be able to help them and know some places to look and what kind of treatments may be available so that they could ask the necessary questions and get a feeling for whether or not who they're dealing with is really going to be a good fit. Yeah. And so, you know, one of the questions that is particularly relevant for our audience as a black mental health website is, you know, how do you find someone who um, understands your experience as a black person Um, And sometimes people will want to find a black therapist or a black provider. In some places, frankly, that may not be something they can do, or you may even have a black provider who doesn't understand your experience because there isn't a singular black experience. So when it comes to that cultural competence piece, 
what are some, some ways that people can go about sort of evaluating people for that, maybe on the front end, but then also as the treatment process unfolds? Well, one way is, does this person ask or seem concerned about your family, your community, and your spirituality? Because those things typically are important to, to most people that are African American. Also, how do they react if you bring up any issue regarding race or racism? So you want to know if someone seems empathic to it, do they discount it? You know, how do they join you in that? And that's a question, this is Dr. Vincent said, to people that look like you and people that don't. Um, also, if you just have a question of, you know, do you get me or how do you deal with this, then the good thing about these therapeutic relationships is they ideally are open. So if you have a question, you should be able to feel comfortable asking someone, you know, do you feel comfortable treating me or are you comfortable working with black people? It's not, a, it's not an unreasonable question to ask and one of the reasons a lot of us realize that it's important for these things is, number one, you want to feel like someone understands your experience and we realize that as African Americans, there's a certain amount of trauma, angst, and issues in the community that are going on that affect us on an everyday basis that may not be the same for other people of other races. And then that even gets amplified, especially in the case of black men, that people want to know someone's going to be able to help or at least understand those situations. But the, the other piece of that is wanting to make sure that someone in the midst of seeing you as black still does your treatment because one of the other issues that you see a lot of times for black professionals in treatment is if their caregiver is not black, that the person becomes so enamored with them being a unicorn that they're not really focused on the person's treatment. They're just enamored. And, you know, naturally you want to make sure that someone's actually engaged in your treatment, not just asking about your cultural experience out of curiosity. It's one thing asking about it to understand it in treatment. It's another just being curious about it and not moving the treatment along. So if you are going through this process um, and you're doing these things um, and you found a therapist or you're talking through with somebody um, who's part of your circle who is, you know, recruiting a mental health team or, or building one, what are some things that you can ask about a treatment relationship? Um, and, and we touched on being comfortable in it um, and then being comfortable with questions about black identity and the black experience. Um, are there any other things that you would recommend people, people pay attention to in that process? Um, one of the other things is, do you like the person? Do you generally like them? Because there is a certain amount of engagement you'll give to someone that you kind of like, if you kind of are like, I don't really like this person, but I'm here, you're not going to most likely have a full comfort level to engage. The other is, do you actually feel they can help you? Because if you don't have a sense that they can help you, then either you won't engage enough for them to help you, or they might just not be the person that's going to be able to help you. And, you know, as we talked about earlier, it's important to listen, listen to your heart and what you, what you feel in your gut. Because if you really feel like, you know, this, this person just either sets off my spidey senses or I just feel really uncomfortable, 
or I don't feel like they're really going to be able to do anything, then you're not going to move forward and you need to move on to someone else. Good advice, Doc. And so for people who are interested in perhaps continuing this dialogue with you or in working with you or the other um, authors of Mind Matters, what's the best way for them to get in contact with you? Okay. So the contact information for the authors of Mind Matters, all of us together, is we have a website. It's www.ghpsychiatry.org. And we're also on numerous social media at GHP. Let me spell it out again. I keep doing this, Dr. Vincent. I'm going to get it together. At GH Psychiatry. <laughs> and then um, the easiest ways to find me is I'm on Facebook as Dr. Erica. And the creative thing for me is my parents used all of the letters. So it's E-R-I-C-K-A. And then also on Instagram at, at DocyGood, D-O-C-E-G-O-O-D. And then um, on where what other social media is there? Twitter, yes. I guess now you can see that I'm probably not the most social media person in the world. And Twitter is at Dr. Erica. And the way to always remember my name is, my last name is Goodwin, like it's a good you win. Nice, nice. Dr. Goodwin, thank you so much um, for sharing your expertise on the show, not once but twice. And if you haven't listened to um, her first show about non-medication treatment, you definitely want to check that out. Um, and we'll definitely have links to Mind Matters and to Dr. Goodwin's social media and global health psychiatry. Did I get that right? Yes, you did. Yeah, and to global health psychiatry um, on the Ourselves Black website when we, when we broadcast this show. Thanks again, Doc. Thanks so much for having me, and thanks for all of your hard work, dedication, and leadership. It's very appreciated. Thank you, Doc. You're welcome.